It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. This is Tommy Vincent, host of In Her Words, a Tommy Vincent podcast. And today we have joining us at the table, Renee Washington. Renee is a sports reporter and host working with ESPN, Fox Sports and MLB Bro. Retired three time division, uh, first All-American and Hall of Fame soccer player. She is a motivational speaker, entrepreneur, and author. Renee is the founder of the Planted Not Buried organization focused on empowering others through education and access to resources. Welcome to the table, Renee. I am grateful that you will stay a while with me today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you carving out time to allow me to have a seat at the table with you and and talk with you. So thank you, Tommy. Absolutely. And I know that you and I, we have been uh, working on getting this schedule to have this opportunity. So I believe because of the tearing of just the scheduling portion of things that this is going to be an amazing conversation. Oh, without a doubt. Everything happens for a reason <laughs> and timing really is everything. So I'm glad that it worked out that we could start off the new year uh, having this conversation. Absolutely. So my very first question for you is, who is Renee Washington? (laughs) Um, Gosh, that in itself could be the entire show. I am. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a sister. I'm a daughter. I'm an aunt. I'm a woman. Um, I'm I'm somebody that's very inspired to do something different. I'd like to consider myself a trailblazer. I'm someone that's not very complacent with uh, just getting by and doing the bare minimum. I'm extremely ambitious and I'm someone that has always found myself um, trying to figure out what's next. Like I I have a lot of different talents and a lot of interests and hobbies and passion. Some I haven't even tapped into fully yet. So um, I am a woman of many that wears many hats and is proud to just carry and be a part of so many different great things in my life, whether in sports, family, 
um, in my faith and whatever that may be uh, to just be able to embrace all of it in, in the best way I possibly can. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about you identifying yourself as a trailblazer. And when you say that, because when people are blazing a trail, it's very intentional. And the hope is that others will have an opportunity to glean from that trail that mm -hmm. has been established. So when you consider yourself to be that, what are some things that you hope that you deposit along the way that other women will have an opportunity to benefit from? Yeah, there's many ways that I'm trying to be a pioneer. One is a black woman is just that representation. You know, there are many people that I've spoken with, male and female, that have said I've inspired them in some way by just my career and even uh, parents that have said thank you because because of you, my child saw you on TV or saw you excelling in soccer and knew they could do the same. So, um, you know, as a black woman, that's one way I'm definitely trying to pioneer, but also I've been told many times, um, especially earlier on in my career, that I'm trying to do too much and I'm going to burn myself out. And I'm like, look, we all struggle with balance in some way, shape or form. It does not get easier. And I only have one life to live. So why not, while I'm young especially, do as much as I can? I don't have kids. I'm not married. I'm like, mm, you can make your choices. I'm going to make the choices best for me. So even trailblazing in that sense, that regardless how many people tell you no or don't hire you or tell you you're doing too much or why are you, question you in that sense and doubt you you can you can pursue whatever you want to do and i know as a reporter specifically i've covered every sport i've covered college and professional sports i've worked in every medium of tv radio podcasting digital all these different spaces that i'm working in that's something in itself that I've had questions and it's like, I'm going to be as versatile as I can. I played sports. I coached sports at the division one level as well. And for me, it's not enough to just cover one sport. I need to do more. And that's something I've always embraced that my parents taught me of being 10 times better than everybody else. It started as an athlete, but that same mindset continues and em embracing that to also, in a sense, trailblaze and show others do not settle for what is the bare minimum. If you can keep going, if you can stretch that limit and do a little bit more, why not? So there's multiple ways that I'm trying to inspire the next generation or even just within, um, you know, all, people of all backgrounds, which is where Plants Are Not Buried comes from, of all backgrounds, having that inspiration that you can push the envelope and be whatever you want to be. Honestly, regardless of what you look like or anything else, you can pursue your goals. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, versatility creates opportunity. Bingo. Because when you are able to have skill sets in a variety of genres and, you know, just possess things that allow for you to move in many spaces, it creates opportunity because you show up prepared in a way that other people may not be. And there are times when you potentially could be in one space and then the opportunity is right in front of you for something else and they're looking and seeking and you can raise your hand and say, oh, wait a minute, I do that too. So versatility is a powerful tool to have in your toolbox. Amen to that. And I always stress that to people. That's one of the main things whenever somebody asks, like, what is your advice? Be versatile. Because first of all, you never know how things are going to evolve and change. Like the social media world we're in, the podcasting spaces we're in, these do not exist the way that they do now, five, 10 years ago. So had I not tapped into being able to, you know, adjust and pivot, 
I wouldn't be able to, to thrive in these spaces. So it just gives you the ability to, in your own way, control what you can control. And now as things are evolving and changing, like you said, you can raise your hand. I've, I've done that. I can do this. Or I've done something that will help me be able to do this. And then if it aligns with who you are as a person, which for me, everything I'm doing directly aligns with myself, then it absolutely helps because you're, you're working in things you're passionate about and talking as a motivational speaker and being a sports reporter and writing books, they're all connected. It's all connected. So, you know, I, I think it's, it's a shame if people limit themselves uh, because having that versatility only allows you to learn more, be a life learner, but also have other tools and skills and build that toolbox of, uh, you know, soft skills and things that you have that you can pull from whenever you need to. Mm -hmm. I saw you interviewing um, someone I've known since before they were born. They were in their mother's womb. Her name is Sydney Caldwell, and she plays basketball for UPenn. And you talked about, you know, the ability and, and, and I'm taking what you said and, and just putting it in my words, but the ability for people to see it so they can be it. Now, what you're doing is actually some of what Sydney aspires to do. Mm -hmm. And so she had an opportunity to be in a position where one, she was being interviewed by you, but she also was looking on the other side of that and like, here's somebody doing what I desire to do and she looks like me. So that was a powerful moment for her in her life. And, you know, Sydney, she comes from a very sports, um, a successful sports family. Her mom, Kenya Caldwell, being, um, you know, running track and playing basketball, running track for Tennessee. Her dad, Mike Caldwell, who is now the defensive coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars, played for the Philadelphia Eagles with my husband, Troy. So, you know, you've got a lot of young ladies who are in your space, who are athletes mm -hmm. like you were and who grew up around sports. And right. so sports runs through their, their veins and they are eager to leave an imprint on the world of sports. Yeah. And it's so great, great that you bring that up because first of all, it's such a small world. And I've connected with Sydney for that exact reason. She reached out to me. I was actually speaking at an event and she was there and then connected with me after like, you've covered me at Penn. And I was like, I know exactly who you are. Um, I remember the knee pads. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, let's definitely connect. And she's, and I have spoken through the fall at football games and then being able to interview her was such a great moment. Um, but as you talk about sports are, it's, it's bigger than us as we just mm -hmm. saw with DeMar, as we've been seeing with DeMar Hamlin, as we've been seeing in so many different ways. And it's, for me, that exact same thing. My dad played professional basketball overseas. My mom played basketball. You know, all my siblings played sports. But my best memories in life come through sports, come through mm -hmm. that togetherness and family versus li literally versus, you know, the family that becomes your teammates and coaches and friends. So, you know, for me, as we talk about having the ability to, use sports in a way that transcends and can connect. Mm -hmm. And you talk about, you know, the Caldwells and I know you and all these different <laughs> people that can move through sports. Ah, that's what I, that's what I love about it. And it doesn't matter again, anything else. When we are watching a game, we might not always be on rooting for the same team 
although we are rooting for the same teams. Um, but in general, it allows us, it brings us together. And I love that I have the ability to talk about sports and, and encourage that conversation even more. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So what moment stands out to you most from your career um, as a woman's soccer player in college? Um, so there was one moment, there's always defining moments, I feel like in our, in our lives that kind of reassures that like, all right, you're in the right spot, you're doing the right thing. And it was my sophomore year was one of those moments for sure, because we were facing nationally ranked opponent in Dayton. They were number mm -hmm. 15 in the country at the time. We were unranked. We were off to an incredible start. We were undefeated. We hadn't given up a goal all season. I think it was like nine or it was like 10 or 11 games in. So we were, we were mm -hmm. like very far in. And so we were the only team left across the NCAA that hadn't given up a goal and hadn't lost any, like this, the shutout streak and the unbeaten streak combined. And we were, we gave up our first goal. We gave up our first goal mm -hmm. in that game. We were down one nothing, um, and it was like, oh shoot, we gave up a goal. Um, but we we're like, <laughs> we were gonna go all season, giving you know, having shutouts. We knew it was gonna come at some point, and we answered back. I actually scored the game tying goal and then the game winning goal in overtime, and everybody rushed the okay, field. Now. And my family rushed. The, <laughs> my family was there, so they rushed the field, and it was just such a moment. Um, that goal actually ended up being like the national goal of the week. And it was like all the, the like it, it took my career and boosted it times like a thousand. You know, it really solidified myself and our team. It put us on the national map. We were now ranked. You know, we were now mm. a team that people were paying attention to. I was a person people were paying attention to. And with my background in soccer, as we talk about that representation, there wasn't always that. I was many times mm -hmm. the only one. My dad coached me in youth soccer, but as I just mentioned before, my dad played professional basketball. He didn't play soccer. Uh, so there were even questions about like, how, are you actually good? Is it just because your mm -hmm. dad's coaching you? You know, all the politics, all the doubts and everything. So in that moment, it was like, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be. I am really good. I went on to be named All-American. That was my first season being named All-American after, uh, after my sophomore year. And it was just everything started to come into play and come into motion, like all the hard work, all the days that I was out playing in the backyard, playing with my siblings, playing in the living room, playing anywhere I could play. It was like that <laughs> moment of like of, of just affirmation and I, a chance for me to pause and be like, OK, this is this is where I'm supposed to be and I can do this. So um, that definitely was one of the major moments as a soccer player especially later on in my career, that really gave me the confidence. And I've had those moments since and recognized them in life. Like, that's my dating moment in my reporting mm. career or in my speaking mm -hmm. career. Those moments that just remind me, like, you know what? It may have been very hard, <laughs> but you're here and you're thriving and you're fine. So that definitely was a, a, a turn, you know, a turning of the tides in my career. Mm -hmm. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is safe. It's a place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For example, it's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who experience major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash GamePresents today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash GamePresents. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So how has your discipline as a athlete um, and your competitiveness created advantage for you in your career today oh my goodness honestly i know i would not be here if i was not an athlete and if i was not an athlete that went through as much as i did because Mm. now when i face different challenges like the same politics i always tell people especially with someone like sydney someone that gets it that's been an athlete the same Mm -hmm. politics you face as an athlete as a black girl you know as just in sports in general favoritism, whatever else, you face that in the real world. You face that in your career. And so now it gives me the confidence because I'm like, ah, I've seen this before. I don't like it, but I've seen this before. I've been here, done that. Like nothing new, hit me with your best shot type of mentality. Yeah. <laughs> um, but because I've had those moments like that, that moment where I hit the game winner against Dayton, it also gives me the confidence in these moments now that I'm like, it's fine. This too shall pass. I'll get through it. I will let me control what I can control. Take it one one step at a time, just like one play at a time and keep chipping away until I get to what I want to get to. So it just gives it it really has given me the the confidence. And I always say like an all American mindset because I didn't mm-hmm. always have that. You know, my self-esteem, my confidence was not always there. And as mm-hmm. I matured and as I just tapped into my faith and my my relationship with God and and started getting more into reading books and reading the word and listening to different speakers and everything else, um, I learned a lot about myself. And through that search for my identity, it allowed me to have confidence in these moments that nothing, nothing, no weapon form, nothing can ever uh, <laughs> prosper against me. Like, I, I've got this. <laughs> One way or yes. the other, I've got this. <laughs> yes. So 
you've had so many moments throughout your career that you've knocked the ball out the park. So success, your the level of success you've had has been so high level. Mm-hmm. As you are journeying through your career right now, how are you defining success so that you're able to embrace every aspect of the journey and not feel deflated if it doesn't if it's not the moment that's knocking it out of the park? Yeah, that is the hard part. Um, you know, I think having success as an athlete, it's scoring goals, it's winning games. What does that look like in the real world? What does that look yeah. like in a career? You know, um, what is that feeling? And for me, that success, like I'm such a competitor. Don't ever play mm-hmm. games with me. Like I, <laughs> I want to win. We're going to play until I win that card game, that board game, whatever it is. Like I am very much still that same competitive mindset. So I've had to shift that and use that in a way that it's an advantage and not something that's a hindrance. So I find myself trying to set small goals. Like I journal a lot. I write things down. So it's setting small goals. It's checking off things on the to-do list. It's also, um, and when I try to stress to people, your success should not just be monetary because that's, that's, that's shallow. There's more than that, you know? Mm -hmm. So even for me, it's okay. Am I reaching people in a positive way? So when I get that feedback from like that family that I've helped their child in some way, or I hear somebody say, thank you, you know, because of you, I want to be this, or I now Mm want to be a sports reporter like you. Um, Those are the moments of success for me because it means I'm doing my job. If I'm going about my days and I could be making you know, incredible money and being the the best job, but nobody is feeling inspired by it. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. So for me, it's about now extending the olive branch and giving back and knowing Mm -hmm. that as I'm climbing, I'm pulling along the Sydney Caldwells and different uh, next generation reporters and just just people in general and, and helping them along the way. So that's one of the biggest barometers for me right now. But then also what is what what is my happiness? Am I going along my days and just going through the motions or am I enjoying what I'm doing? Am I laughing, smiling, like having balance, making time for myself? That in itself is a, is a mark of success because there's 24 hours in the day and I use every single one of them to the first from the first minute to the 60th. But I want to make sure that I'm enjoying the journey along the way. So success also crazy enough is not just about me getting every job, every opportunity, every interview, it's about, do I have time at the end of the day for my 10 minutes of stretching or meditation or to read a book or to sit down and watch my cheesy Christmas Hallmark movies? Like whatever that may be, <laughs> those are moments I'm like, okay, I'm living right. I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm doing things the right way. So I think for everybody, you have to find like what it is within yourself that keeps you going. And that should be your measure of success. It's inspiration, balance, self-care. And then, of course, things like, how was my rep? How was my interview? How did I, you know, mm-hmm. pace myself to that hit? But if it's just the career success uh, measurements, there's, there's nothing else. There's no balance there. And now you're putting so much stock into just one thing. And there's more to life than just our careers, even though we sometimes forget that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you talk to us about how, as a sports reporter, you prepare because you're in the moment. And so there's information that you can, 
you know, study and prepare for prior to the live action taking place, Mm -hmm. but then you're in it and then you have to go live. You have to, you know, get into your hit. How do you prepare to be prepared? Yeah. Well, failure to prepare is preparing to fail. And I honestly always am preparing. The craziest thing about being a sideline reporter is one, it's actually the newest thing I've done. So you talk about that versatility. I've always hosted and anchored shows. I've always done feature stories. So sideline mm-hmm. reporting, even for me, was something I was definitely not doing this much. Um, a year ago is when I first officially started doing sideline reporting with ESPN. I had been doing color commentary and work as an analyst. So even that in itself was a shift because when you're in the booth and you're an analyst or you're doing a story or you're doing a show, you've got time. You, you maybe mess something mm-hmm. up. You can come right back. When you're a sideline reporter... You have 30 seconds, 45 seconds. If you mess up that hit, we'll see you next quarter. We'll see you next media timeout. So it's like you have to nail it the first time and it adds extra pressure. So I, that versatility has also taught me there's different ways to prepare for different roles. It's not a one size fits all model. So for sideline reporting specifically, I'm a very big person on like, um, the, for the actual hit itself, I always write out what I want to say. I practice what I want to say. But once I've learned, once I write something down, like handwriting, not just typing, once I write something down, it sticks. Like I'm fortunate for, I I don't know if it's the ginkgo biloba, I don't know what it is, but I can remember things really well. Names, details, stats. And then I also have like tricks to the trade of, um, I use acronyms. So if I'm going to talk about um, what the coach said you know, I'll, I'll pick letters and then as I'm going through the hit, now I can remember, okay, can, C for the coach, A for, um, I don't even know, accolades, N for not wanting to settle. Like, I have little tricks that like as I'm talking, I'm like working through them mentally. But overall, the mm. research never stops. You just have to continue following. You have to be somebody that loves not just who you're covering, but all things sports. Like, I've thrown in references to other sports, other players, other coaches, other moments within what I'm doing. If I'm talking about lacrosse, I've referenced the NFL. If I'm talking about the NFL, I've referenced the NBA. Like being able to cross reference in that way adds more substance to what you're saying because you're not just reading a script, you're delivering, you're connecting, you're relating in in a way that people can absorb it better. So I say it's not enough to just follow if I'm covering Ivy League basketball with ESPN, that's not enough to just follow the Ivy League. I need to know all the conferences. I need to know everything going on in college basketball. I need to know everything going on in basketball. Like, you need to pay attention to it all. So there's many ways to do that. Uh, the biggest one is just to to be a life learner. Be willing to read articles or mm-hmm. follow games, uh, follow on social media. You know, there's I get alerts for everything on my phone. So I just kind of scroll through and see what's like skimming through the, you know, what's going on in some major topics. So I think the preparation to make a long answer short, just never stops. Just always prepare, always learn, Mm -hmm. especially in sports, because there's so much crossover that it's so great to know as much as you can. Mm -hmm. So I know you're multifaceted and I want to talk to you about uh, Planet Not Buried. But before we go there, if you could create the ultimate uh, role for you in the world of sports, what would that look like? So I have, I have that vision. I don't know if it will happen, but we'll see. Um, but I, I love, 
I'll give you the true answer because I feel like I can be real. Um, because I don't always tell everybody this because not everybody needs to know my goals. Um, but I trust you. Um, I I love having conversations with people. Like I I love this, and I love talking sports. So I always say mm-hmm. if I could choose, I would want to have a show. It's like a crossover between like Oprah and the Ellen DeGeneres show meets sports. Mm-hmm. So like okay. a daily, you know, a daily talk show, um, you know, coming on at 10 in the morning, whatever time it is that people can watch, but also being able to to have it be more sports specific. So I know obviously ESPN and SportsCenter have sports shows. Like I'm not, I'm not talking about that type of level. I'm talking like sitting in the, I want to be sitting in the, the club chairs on the stage with a live audience. And we're talking like a sports segment. We've got live music. We've got some news and, 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 like uh, entertainment that's sprinkled in there, but having more of a specific focus also on sports in in addition to Mm -hmm. all the other topics. So ideally I'd be like a mini Oprah slash sports center. (laughs) 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 Like it's all big, just sitting, having conversation, you know, kicking back with, with the mug, like gossiping about stuff. Yeah, that's, that's the goal. But I don't even know if that's possible, but we'll see. I'm trying to make it happen. (laughs) Okay. Have you considered, you know, um, because I absolutely love the idea of it all. Have you considered just starting out with just creating that type of space and doing it on a platform where you're coining, if you will, this idea? So like it's out there and and you are the one that is positioning it Um, and just allowing it to evolve and develop and you really having the opportunity to put your fingerprint on it and and do it how you want to do it. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is the goal. I know when I created my podcast beyond the headlines, it was to start Mm -hmm. with that concept. So I had different segments and a segment would be on sports. A segment would be on music. Um, I dropped the ball. My show is coming back this year though, but Oh, I would love to do that in a, in a live space, like be able to invite people into a studio. If they can't come in the studio, of course, we can do virtual. So that's something that I'm hoping to be able to do because I want to build out exactly, as you mentioned, the blueprint for it. And then now I can show, mm-hmm. hey, this is the concept and it doesn't really exist. Like I'm, if you haven't gotten by now, this by now, from what I've said so far, that is my MO. Like I don't want to be cookie cutter. I'm not trying to do what everybody else is doing. I'm not like, <laughs> I just want to be on the biggest show on ESPN. I would love to do that too, but I would love to do something completely different. Like let's bring in Troy Vincent and talk about the Eagles and his work now at the NFL. Let's bring in LeBron James and talk like, let's have sit down conversations versus just the typical debates and everything else that we're seeing day to day. So I'm trying to build the blueprint for that. Um, I'm hoping that I can get to that point of doing even more with it. But yeah, I'm just slowly, like everything I'm doing again, and very intentional with the hope that it's slowly moving me in that direction towards being able to host a, a show like that. Mm-hmm. So hence the trailblazer, everyone, that's exactly what you're talking about. That's, you know who you are, you know that, you know, there's some things that are inside of you that have not been done yet, but you're not afraid to be the one to do it and mm-hmm. to establish that trail where other women have an opportunity to see what you've accomplished and then they can draw inspiration and aspire to do what you've done and beyond. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And honestly, I'd love to 
think that I'm a creative mind. Like a lot of ideas that I've come up with and concepts that I've come up with. Like I'm just always writing things. I always have a notebook somewhere because I'm always having ideas. And so who am I to limit those ideas and to mm-hmm. and to even diminish them? Like there's things that I'm doing now that I that I just started doing, like Plants Are Not Buried, that was an idea seven, eight, nine years ago. Like like my show mm-hmm. idea is has been an idea. And when I'm actually doing it in 10 years, it'll be like, oh, wow, where'd this come from? It's been 15 years in the making, you know? Like <laughs> everything has been me slow walking towards bigger goals. I'm really trying to tap into more about writing books um, because I have a lot of great books that I've already started that are not done yet. I have a couple that are done. Um, and I'm going to be an author. Like these are things what, what people don't understand with success, back to your question earlier, is it does not happen overnight. So it's hard mm-hmm. to measure what that looks like because it's not like, oh, I want to write a book, bam, it's done. Or, oh, I want to host a show. It takes time. So you have to have along the way some different um, levels and barometers of small goals, those smart goals as you're moving along to help you get closer and closer. But yeah, that show, I'm like... the First of all, people love watching First Take and Undisputed over mm-hmm. and over and over again. And you're getting the same topics over and over again. And I want to mm-hmm. bring a show that gives you more than just those topics. And now it's not like when we think of The View and those types of shows, it's all everybody just assumes it's just for women. No, this is going to be something for men and for women. It'll have a little bit of everything. It will have major topics and it'll also have some other topics. But it's something that's needed in, in daily talk shows where you don't have that full balance of a little, you know, of a little bit of sports and entertainment. So if somebody starts that show before me, it's fine. I will just come up with some ways to make it different. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can't wait to tune in. Thank you. (laughs) Will you talk with us about Planted Not Buried and how that went from an idea in here to being birthed uh, to be a positive change for society. Yes, yes. So I launched it in December of 2020. So we just celebrated mm-hmm. its official second year um, and going into year three now. And so I had that. I, it's an idea that I birthed 2013. <laughs> like it took <laughs> time to actually make it happen. Um, and I always wanted to be able to use my platform as a sports reporter. And I remember saying, as I grow as a sports reporter, again, this is like 2013, 2014, as I grow as a sports reporter, it'll open doors for the other things I want to do. So the yeah. more I can get, and I didn't even think I'd be working with like ESPN and Fox, but I didn't even think that was a possibility this early on. I'm only going into my seventh year in this industry and I didn't have a background. My undergrad and my grad school degree, neither of those are in reporting. So when I took that leap of faith into pursuing it, I wanted to, to open doors for myself. And so one of those doors was Plants Not Buried. I had this concept back then. <laughs> I was like, and actually it started even sooner because I remember as a kid, as a kid, I was telling my parents, I want to be able to drive like an ice cream truck b- around. But instead of giving out ice cream, I would give out like food, like brown bags of food and blankets mm-hmm. and different things to people. And that evolved as I realized I probably can't do that. Which who knows, maybe I can at some point. Um, and then with the pandemic, it made me realize there's a there's so much opportunity in the virtual space. So I always mm-hmm. envisioned it as an in-person 
building facility where people come in and get these resources and realize I have such a bigger reach through Plants Not Buried in a virtual space. So I've been fortunate since launching it in December of 2020 to work with people all around the world. And I've connected with people in Canada. I've connected with people in the UK, in um, different countries. I've connected with people all over the place and in the Uganda and, and I'm to reach so many people so soon and just provide resources. You know, the, the concept is empowering, educating, and inspiring people through the access. So whether it's networking, professional development, um, being able to attend virtual events, we're actually in the process now of a huge overhaul and rebrand because we're also going to be launching classes people can attend. So they have mm. opportunities to do one-on-one -on -one classes or group classes that cover any topic from mental health to sports to nutrition to education to even family marriage, how, you know, talking with parents, talking about all different topics that help us in some way. So just creating that village we always talk about of having a space to go, a safe space where you can get those resources and feel welcome and feel included and it not having to break mm. the bank to do so. Um, but I just kept finding so many people in conversations and in interviews asking me questions, such as uh, a, a great example, I had a survivor of, of abuse and rape. And she was asking me where I thought she should go to get some support. And I'm like, God, I wish I could help you. I, you know, she was a young girl, um, 18, 19, and I could not help her and I felt helpless. And so now mm. one of the things we are providing is, so, um, a resource around for survivors, abuse survivors, trauma, any types of trauma, um, that you can now come to us and we will have resources that we can provide for that. So just being able to give help in some way um, has been really helpful. And, and now bringing in other professionals, you know, I'm not an expert in all these areas, so I'm bringing in mental mm -hmm. health professionals. I'm bringing in psychologists and counselors, life coaches, me, uh, abuse and survivor um, specific counselors. So just providing a space for, for anybody every background, every career, every age, every race, to be able to have access. And as it grows, it will have more of a balance of in-person versus, you know, as well as the virtual spaces that we'll be providing these same resources. But, you mm -hmm. know, it's been a very exciting just to see how well it's been perceived and the people have been catching on to it and asking about it and curious about it, that uh, there's some exciting things to come in the future for sure. Mm -hmm. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So this is our final question for this segment. What would you share with a young lady dreaming big dreams, needing inspiration to go for it? Yes, keep dreaming. Keep dreaming and then finding ways to make those dreams happen. You know, like I said earlier, it does not happen overnight. So what does that look like? You know, Plants Not Buried is a vision that I'm working in year three now, but I have a five-year vision and a 10-year vision of what I hope it will look like. So as you're Mm -hmm. working through trying to uh, attain those dreams, also figure what can you control? You know, what resources do you have at your fingertips? Social media, podcasting, you know, whatever that may look like. What are those resources you have at your fingertips that you can tap into that can help you get closer to that dream, you know? Um, but then also understanding that as you're on the road to your dream, there will be some, some road bumps. There will be some, mm-hmm. some setbacks. Sometimes you have to recalculate, but you have to find a way to keep going. One day at a time, getting closer than you were the day before, because anything is possible if you just keep finding ways to keep getting closer. Mm-hmm. So our next segment is I am bringing her to the table with me. And this is your opportunity to give virtual flowers to another woman who's fingerprint is on your journey for you know that your career would not be where it is today without her oh it's hands down my mom my sisters are prop would be mad that i didn't pick them but it starts with my mom <laughs> <laughs> um, without a doubt because my mom as well as my dad but they were both the first in their families to do a lot getting a yeah. college degree you know Times for each generation have changed and you, you, each generation is as a parent, I'm not a parent, but what I've been told is you strive to be, to take what your parents gave you and go further. And my Mm -hmm. mom did that times a thousand, you know, she has Mm -hmm. multiple master's degrees. She's, she's accomplished so many things. She's been, you know, honored and, and been recognized for the work she does in education. And so I had a chance to firsthand grow up seeing that representation of excellence and seeing that representation of pushing the envelope and being able to continue finding ways to um, 
to juggle and master so many different things. And so through that, it showed me a lot. And my mom's had her fair share of challenges as well. And even that vulnerability of sharing that with us as kids and knowing her story and knowing all that she's overcome made her triumphs that much more special. Mm-hmm. Like I've always looked at my mom as like, and I'm like getting chills thinking about this, but I've always looked at my mom as like a superhero. I'm like, she can do anything. Mm. Like mom's got it. <laughs> um, but I just have so many memories and so many, you know, where I have a very, I'm very close with my family. So looking back on all the things that we've done, mom was always, has always been at the center of it all, like making it happen, mm-hmm. finding a way to make it happen. And now understanding, first of all, how expensive the world is with four kids. I'm like, oh, you and dad really did something. Okay. Um, but as an adult now, I have an even greater appreciation for how she used to have four kids at all of our practices. We played soccer, basketball, track. We played AAU, school ball, travel, all these different sports. And we were there and we were there early and we were there fed and dressed and with everything else, mm-hmm. extra stuff in our bag. Um, you know, mom, it's mom. So without a doubt, mom, my mom is the reason why I am who I am. And I still, to this day, uh, always am learning from her in in so many ways. Mm -hmm. I love it as a mom hearing, (laughs) you know, you recognize some things and always when you become an adult, you start to see what you couldn't see as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know your mom, that's going to uh, cause her heart to smile so big and she will appreciate those flowers coming from you. So our final segment is food is love. And, you know, this table uh, that I establish is all about being able to bring your whole self to the table and, This is a very big part of who I am. It's how I love on people and having the ability to feed them food for their soul. So this segment is especially um, curated for me um, and hoping it's an opportunity for the people who answer these questions to also tell anecdotes through the food that they share and they talk about. So. What food best describes your personality and why? Oh, gosh. I love food. And (laughs) now I'm hungry. Um, Just one. I would say I'm going to go with a steak. And Mm -hmm. wait. I'm going to go with a steak. I'm I'm thinking of my favorite foods and what I like to eat the most. It was between steak or cake, which is interesting in itself. Um, But I would say a steak. Because I think that, you know, oh, here's why. I think that I am, and I've always embraced this, a late bloomer. Mm -hmm. Like, when I was in high school, I was definitely behind everybody else. Mm -hmm. Like, I was always skinnier than everybody else, and I didn't really understand socially. Like, because I was such an athlete, I wasn't involved. Mm -hmm. My parents did not have us, like, let us go out to things and do certain things. So I didn't fully even understand what my classmates were doing. Um, And then in college is when I was like, oh, it now is starting to make sense. Um, But I always feel like I'm, like, aging like a fine wine. Like, I think now at 30, I probably could, I still can, because I get asked this all the time, pass for, like, a college student. Um, So because of that, that whole, like, late bloomer type of uh, personality of taking time to 
be seasoned and marinated. Mm. I think like a steak, like it's not something you can rush. And everything I've done has taken time. I wasn't the kid that in soccer peaked at nine. I peaked at 20, 21. You Mm -hmm. know, I peaked in college Mm -hmm. is when I was playing my best soccer. My career, same thing. Like I'm now going into year seven and it's, it's taken time. But I also understand that, and I'm fine with it taking time because I want to be ready. I want to have that appreciation that when I do get to that next level, when that steak is done and you get that first Mm -hmm. bite, you appreciate it that much more. So I'm going to go with, I like my steak well done, so it definitely takes time, but I can settle for a medium well every once in a while. (laughs) Um, It definitely takes some time, but a nice, tender, well-seasoned, well-thoroughly-cooked steak is definitely who I am as someone that it never happens quickly, but when it does happen, it's like, okay, that's a nice juicy steak right there. (laughs) (laughs) Has food ever been healing for your soul? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Which is funny because I remember people always telling me, you just need to eat more. And I'm like, I eat, I always ate like a, a heavier person like I always ate cakes and cookies and fatty foods and I've never watched my you know calories or anything um, but in all seriousness food has been the source of so many great memories so when I think mm-hmm. about some of the fondest moments growing up or even some of the hardest moments growing up like I used to sit in the dining hall in college with my best friend for hours and we would just sit there and be talking people would be coming in they'd sit with us we talk to them they'd go and just having some of the deepest conversations over food. You know, it, it, mm-hmm. you know, when you're sitting around the table and you have that moment to kind of be present and it gives you a chance to step away from all the rigorous, you know, of your daily routine, rigorous things you've got going on, food unites you. So I have always found so much comfort in food and uh, dessert and just having opportunities to sit around and talk and connect and you know, be able to to get into some of those moments that just allow you to be present. So, yes, food. I absolutely feel like it's always helped to nourish my body, but also just emotionally has healed me in so many ways to be able to talk through different things. Mm-hmm. So for our final question, does your family have an heirloom recipe that is passed down from generation to generation? It's crazy because we don't, but when I tell you the way that, especially my mom's mom, the food, the food is definitely the influence on my mom's side. My dad's side was never, they were never too big with the food stuff. Um, But on my (laughs) mom's side is when we always had like Thanksgiving. I remember walking into my grandma's kitchen and it was like every single counter was just full of food. And... Mm -hmm. She could cook. Oh my gosh, she could cook. And then she passed that down, obviously, to my mom and aunt. Um, my aunts, and they, they were cooks. And my uncles are really good cooks. You know, like having, and I, now you want to talk about incredible. I think it's incredible. My mom did it with four, but my grandmom did it with eight and always had full mm. breakfast, lunch, and dinner on the table. So food has always been a staple in my family of that togetherness and uh we don't have a specific recipe but i would say definitely being able to put out a spread whether it's the holidays (laughs) or just a random day that you're gonna come in and the counters will be full 
that's the heirloom. That's that's what's being passed down for sure. Yeah. I'm trying to keep it going. Things are a little different these days, but uh, <laughs> I can cook. It's just the bar is so high in my family because they are like we always said. My grandma should have, and I'm sure like many many families should have put some of her recipes together and and built like a a brand and built a whole business around it because her greens and the chicken and the Oh, everything was just so good. So, so good. And so my mom's got that. My aunt actually works in food. So she actually did take it and make a business out of it and does catering and stuff. So yeah, um, there's a lot of great recipes. Banana pudding is definitely one of the biggest ones um, (laughs) that I'm trying to figure out how to make because it's so good. But yeah, all things, all things, big feasts. That's, that's what's going (laughs) past My future children will thank there, there are other generations that started it. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, I love that. Absolutely oh. love that. Listen, I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. I thank you so much for joining me at the In Her Words table. How can people find you? Yes, it's been a pleasure. This time has flown by. I am so glad that we were able to have this opportunity to connect. And I'm excited to have you on my show. And, um, you know, I'm very easy to find. It's Renee P. Washington. So I did have to add a P in there because there is a Renee Washington that also works in news. <laughs> uh, so at Renee P. Washington on all things, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, my website is ReneePWashington.com. And then Twitter is the only one that's different since my name didn't fit. It's just Renee P. <laughs> but I am everywhere at Renee P. Washington and I'm very open to even um, and I always talk to people as they reach out because I definitely love being able to connect with people that have either heard me or watched me in some way on uh, shows and things like that. So, yeah, feel free to reach out for anybody. And my work with Plants Not Buried, my work with MLB Bro, my work with Beyond the Headlines, it's all connected mm-hmm. there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, thank you again, Renee, and you are welcome at the In Her Words table anytime. Thank you so much for having me. Keep up the the fantastic work that you're doing to bring these conversations forward and to give women a chance to sit at the table and talk. So thank you. Thank you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. 
Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.